Welcome, Welcome to the Neobon and Andia. You and show. show. Well, actually, if you are a Purple Rabbit, you are most welcome here, not only for dinner, but you can stay for lunch, too. Uh, well, we are not going to eat you up. Uh, we might eat up our words. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, life, universe, everything, and 42. Do you have the towel? Yes, I do. Yes. Absolutely. Um, you have the emergency the towel. Yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, I absolutely do. Yeah, because you know, interstellar travel with, you know, you, if you could have waved down a Vogon, you, you can't be without your. You know, there's towel. only one way to be the Vogons. You know what is that? Uh, I can't. No, no. What? What? what tell. Contemporary British poetry. Contemporary British poetry. Yeah. Yes, Ashley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so tonight we are going to space time travel, both are true space and time travel, um, to New Mexico, okay, to the beautiful landscape of the patriotic land of Colin Troy and Fugitive Moods. Fugitive Moods, yes, Colin Troy on the show today. With Absolutely. Us. Yes. So uh, he's a very talkative, charming, recently young again person. Mm. Very I mean, like that, it, was, uh, that, yeah. that was a high ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we talk about like um, everything that it means to be an artist, a human, make music, release music, um, the excitement and the trepidation on and the whole you know the whole process and what it means. Really, we we uh, try to lift the lid and take a look at like what goes on there and because also we do have some fun there oh yes we do yeah we like to have a bit of um a few tongue-in-cheek moments let's say absolutely uh well we all know that americans have a great sense of humor except the midwest and the south belt but it was a quote from john place so don't rot and tomato me no. <laughs> throw uh, throw out <coughs> ripened tomatoes. That's about we, we can we can do uh, we can create ratatouille, you know, we can eat it up. That's mm, mm, mm. okay. So before we go to full cooking show, let's welcome Fugitive Moods and Colin Troy. Colin Troy, welcome to the show. Absolutely. North America now went to South. So what is the situation in New Mexico? Colin, tell us. So so what I can see from all the media, it's a frenzy. So what is the real situation there? Um, well, it's a beautiful, a beautiful place. I mean, it's a very different place in the U.S., I would say. Um, I was uh, born and raised here. And um, I, I didn't get to travel much as a, as a kid. Um, but as I got older and started to get to tour in music and do different things, I got to see the world a bit more and realized that it, it wasn't uh, quite like it was in New Mexico, actually, and especially in the U.S. Um, it's uh, It's got a very long and, and rich history, which you don't find a lot in the U.S. and beautiful landscapes. And the one thing that I would say 
that I, I actually uh, just finished writing a song about is, is how beautiful the sunsets are here. If you ever get a chance, I mean, I would say nine out of 10 days, the sunset will bring a tear to your eyes. So it's, it's quite a beautiful place to be. Wow, that sounds very oh. patriotic. <laughs> what what's what is it with the um with the the sunsets? Is it like the big uh, big skies and the and the, and the, and the mountain range in the distance, or, or yeah. is it? Cause... Yeah, very very colorful, and it it's actually um, I wouldn't say part of the inspiration for for the the name of this project, Fugitive Moods. Um, but it definitely informs the way that I see the world. And the sunsets are, yeah, it's uh, great vistas and incredibly, uh, almost unbelievable spectrums of color. These just, it's, you know. The, let, 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 let me guess, a, a version of orange and red. No, sometimes deep greens and, and pinks and purples and. Really? Yes, craziness. I'll send. I'll send you some pictures after the interview. It'll, you should do that. I mean, if you if you have like a commentary, whatever around the place, I would put up our site. I mean, I love this. We we love nature. We love protecting the oh. present of our life and also the future this way. And if we can connect people to your place, that it's more place to save. Absolutely, I'd be. I'd, I'd, I'm. I'm. I'm always photographing sunsets, so I'd be happy to send you. Oh you. yeah, man. Okay, nice. okay. But before we we run to the lushing and blushing uh, nature, uh, I just read uh, that you are coming out with a big vinyl. Yeah, with uh, is it with nine or ten songs? Your LP is coming out. Yeah, the 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 album is is coming out. There are. Uh, 10 tracks on well there's 11 tracks on the on the vinyl um and i'm still determining what's going to make the the actual digital release it'll be it'll be less than that but maybe eight eight or nine well so uh what songs do you put there? okay so vinyl is for people who don't know it's a kind of disc what is bigger than your cd ask your grandparents what cd was before and it's made of asphalt and you can listen to that one but <laughs> yeah so uh so how did you set up with the a side and the b side did you follow the traditional best songs on the a more more uh experimentals on the b or are you in more like a storytelling like three four songs together that is a great question, and I gave it a lot of thought. Um, and I think maybe a little backstory is is useful um, to to understand even some of the decisions there, because it, it meant quite a bit to me how that was organized. Um, so I definitely did approach it to lead with with not stronger material, but material that I thought might catch people's attention in the beginning, uh, and and maybe a little bit more experimental on the B side, but. The important, uh, the the priority for me beyond that was about the experience that a listener had, and I truly believe that um, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with streaming. I think streaming is a great way to get access to music, and blah blah. But for me, the kind of relationship that you can create when you have a, a physical album and somebody really actually interacts with it not just with the art and the cover, but the, the record itself and puts the needle on and listens to song one and hears the break and the pop of the record in between tracks. Um, and it finishes and you have to then go to the vinyl and turn it over and listen to the B-side. I gave it a lot of consideration 
uh, for this album because it had been a dream of mine to, to have my music on vinyl, um, to be part of the legacy of that format. And so, um, you know, when, in the experience, uh, a lot of the decision was just about what kind of experience I wanted to have for the listener to introduce my music, as well as create an emotional kind of, it's not necessarily a concept album, but I did want a, an emotional arc and a, and a storytelling element to it. And so uh, a lot of that um, decision-making uh, uh, went into it. And and I have to say, I did receive the the test pressings for the vinyl record just this week. And uh, it's it's everything I could have imagined. So I'm I'm very, very happy with how it turned out. So how did it feel when you put the needle on and you just started to hear the little scratches and that's just gone? It, to be totally honest, um, at first I was just, my heart was actually racing. And, uh, and then when, when I, when I, when I heard the music, I, I, I started to cry. It had been 25 years that I had dreamed of, of this moment. And in all my work in music, it had never happened. And it really was uh, a moment where a dream of mine came true. And so it was uh, something I'll never forget, honestly. Well, this is the best time for your video to come out because they are coming back. I know that's, you know, it's a funny <laughs> thing that, so I have about, I have, I can talk about vinyl all day if you'd like. Um, oh, but, I am all into it. And yeah, are you into this one? Because I think you are. Yeah, just I, a little bit. So, so the way CDs. I got, <laughs> sorry. CDs as well. But yeah, if it's something physical, I do, I do understand the physical thing. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, you interact with it more than just by it not being real in a playlist, you know, like maybe. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a big difference. And for me, I, I actually began music as a, as a, uh, through hip hop as a rapper and a beat maker. So oh, my, do tell more. Okay. Do yeah, tell. But so, I start to put together the picture. How come trip hop and Bono's voice coming together in this something, but you are creating. So, yes. And, and so that my, my, I didn't have any music training. I didn't play any instruments. So the instrument that I first learned to play or instrument was really a, a vinyl record player. And I'd listen for samples and loops and I'd put together you know, these compositions of, you know, John Coltrane's horn elongated and Turkish drums and break beats and all these different things. And, um, and so my musical kind of education came through vinyl records. I didn't know really much about music at all. So I learned by about, you know, uh, different, all sorts of different music, jazz, rock, blues, uh, ethnic music from all far flung places in the world. And so that opened me up to a whole new universe. So I really have this deep, um, almost spiritual connection with vinyl because it, it, it opened up a universe to me that, I, that wasn't accessible before. And all of that fed into how I created the music. And so now jump cut 25 years in the future, 20 years in the future, I'm, uh, I'm, it's being able to contribute something into that onto that legacy or into that legacy it means a lot to me so it's uh yeah it's it's uh it's a beautiful thing i think 
Yeah, I think I start to grasp the idea why you chose Fugitive Mood as the artistic project name, uh, because that's where your soul travels from the everyday for an alternative and probably better existence. And this is what you offer for your listeners, that just like you described New Mexico all around, that there is way more to life than the everyday treadmill, the everyday politicians, the everyday struggling with the bills, and the everyday shite all around. I, I can resonate with this. And more and more, you are talking about your musical evolution and, and, and your love towards this basically mathematically describable yet spiritual something what we call music, this transcendent experiment. Uh, more and more, I want to listen to your album. And yeah, what you, was uh, the last video yeah. that you listened to? I know that what, what one was Gansaros, I remember, but after that, have you have you listened to any LP? Actually, I got given a um, an EP by a Finnish rocker band um, about like two, a couple of years ago, and we were just like hanging out in the in the um, in the market square. Really hot summer's day. This band had come along, and they were like a little—I think they were a four-piece. And they were just playing like really basic guitar, tiny little like uh, slap box drums. They were just like harmonica. And um, I got to know those guys after a while, and um, it turns out like they gave me one of their vinyls for my birthday, like a bit not too far, like sort of later on. I was like, "Wow!" That, and that's—it's called um, Jim Beam. Um, not the what, drink. Like the whiskey? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Jim Bean. Well, oh, like, sorry. The, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that was funny because I mean that's that's the last vinyl I played. Um, I've got a lot of vinyl, um, which is actually in storage. Uh, uh, now where I, I think it's still in storage in the UK. Like, and like I haven't. I've got a few picture discs with me here but not that i listen to those and i uh, i actually i had the twin dj deck which um came my way that i didn't really use that much so i, I kind of sold those on because why do i need like two decks to play the vinyls when i rarely play even one even though i enjoyed the experience it's a different thing so um I've got vinyls, but like I, I don't have the means to play them now. <laughs> in, in the morning, while I was doing the, the, the rounds, the errands, I was listening to Elton John, you know, and some classical music. And I realized something, and I want to pick your brain, Colin. There are certain artists, songs, mixes, what just do not sound as good in streaming. And yes, Spotify is the lowest under the threshold. Tidal has something bigger to offer. Now Apple with this spatial audio, that's amazing, by the way. So I just listened up and said, okay, this is how Elton John should sound. But Elton John through the YouTube doesn't sound good. You know? So do mm. you think that there are certain musical genres or artists or projects that are definitely better to listen this or that way 
I think that's a very interesting question. I don't know. I think that there's so many technical aspects between, you know, the, just the fidelity of sound, depending on the speakers you're listening to, the quality of stream, you know, whatever. I mean, there's just so much going on. It's hard to say. I think what I hear you asking is something a little bit deeper, though. It's It maybe taps into that, like, you know, what it really should sound okay, right, on YouTube, or it should sound okay streaming, even though it might not be great quality, but something might be missing. And I think that there is, I don't know exactly the technical answer, but I can speak on the more kind of um, abstract point, which is, I think recorded music in general is relatively new in the human experience, yet music itself is something something eternal, something, it, I, I don't know if humans invented music as much as discovered it maybe. And yes. I think that that relationship that we have as human beings, as people to music and, and how it, how it uh, channels emotions and, and, and stirs emotions and connects us as other people. I think when we take all of that real deep human experience and then put it onto a recorded object, whether it's digital or even vinyl, as much as I love vinyl, it's still, it's still kind of uh, is not what music is. Music is something much deeper and much more meaningful. So when we listen to these recordings, we're not, it's not the music itself. You know, the music itself lives in a different space and time, really. So I wonder if there's something kind of deeper and more metaphysical about the disconnect of how something sounds and the emotional relationship to it more than even even a technical issue. Yeah, I actually pretty much agree with you because it's a time and space. Whatever you can do at the creek, at the, just by the creek, at the, for the thirty people, without electricity, I believe that matters because mm -hmm. that's the unique experience. So, and yeah, you and I, we we made some songs together, and you really could pick my soul on how to drum on that, how to add things, and maybe I also could find some other things in your songs to yeah. change a bit. So, what, what what do you think about it? Because uh, what you do, uh, because uh, Colin, you need to know that what Andrea does is something different. She has this glitch, punk, solar, future, something, yet so connected, somehow rooted, probably through the drumming, uh, to Earth. So it's like a big tree for me, you know? Mm. So it's like uh, you, you are living in the nature. You have that kind of thing. You are bringing in uh, this hip hop, trip hop, whatever roots what you have. <coughs> He has, she has different things from there. And, and, and uh, maybe the, the, the real answer is what you said, that people just discovered music. I think that Colin is right in some respect. It's not the actual like physical like medium or the, the, the way you listen to music. It's, it's somehow like uh, more connected to like the time and place that you are receptive like you kind of like you're in like you just want to find a song or something and like suddenly this song will come up and you'll be um you won't kind of expect it but you think wow what that's really like sort of speaking to me somehow and um it's like there has to be 
a, a couple of things that are aligned, I suppose. It's like um, you have a way of like listening to music and you have to be in the right frame of mood or to receive like a track that you wouldn't have found before. Because um, because for me, I do a lot. I, I try to keep my music live as much as possible. And um, so like your songs, Neil, you say that you have to be able to sing them on the riverbank with no electricity. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's a similar thing for me. I, I like to have songs that aren't, don't just exist in the digital realm. It's got to be something physical that I can play. So I play drums and sing, and a push comes to shove, I could actually sing all of my songs with the drum kit and like, you know, do that. But it's important, I think, this connection where you can be passively listening to like a, a, a playlist or you can be deliberately listening to like a, a cassette tape or a vinyl. That's um, the whole point. That's the whole point. Know? Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. To, yeah. That's uh, what Colin said that you pick up there. It's it's a designated time. That's when, when you have mm. your cassette tape, uh, eight tracks, whatever you have, you put on there and you give yourself from your life that 45 minutes to that record, to that artist, in your case, prepared 25 years for releasing this album. Yeah, and and I think that that's, that is this, th there is a piece of that in modern recording music where there was this time where people would sit down and listen to something. And now I think, Andia, you had said something about passively listening, right? Yeah. And, and and that idea, and, and we all do it, you know, we put something on at the, at the party, at the dinner party and something's in the background or, yeah. Oh, not Neo. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, because because I want to pay attention. I don't need another noise. You know, I so, want. Yeah, so, well, and, and I appreciate that. I think that you're you're probably quite exceptional for that. But I think that that idea of passively listening is one that I'm really interested in, and I've thought a lot about recorded music in general because ultimately in a lot of ways i don't see myself necessarily as a musician as much as a recording artist so i i do i do play and i do things you'll see instruments and i do all this but i really do think about the compositions and how they are produced i'm a producer by nature that that connect connection to electronic music as a from my past as a hip hop producer was essential. I couldn't do it without machines, basically. And so I've thought a lot about that format. And what I've arrived to though, is that recorded music is something novel and new in the human experience. And so what we used to do with vinyls or cassettes is we grabbed it and put it on. There was something mm -hmm. intentional to it. Whereas with streaming, it can be quite passive. Or nowadays, I think that there is almost an abuse of music because it's so devalued or it can be so passive that you go to some store to buy, you know, your groceries and they have music playing that's intended to manipulate you into yeah. buying more or spending longer or being quicker or, you know, and I think that that is we're at this intersection. This is my belief, this intersection of history and music as it, as it um, exists in the human experience, where if we remember recorded music is not very old, maybe a hundred years old or 120 years yeah. old, yeah, not been around that long. And I think its impact on our hearts, on our minds is deep and significant. I think we can all understand that. Most every human being can understand that without even thinking about it, how, 
how important music is to us. And now we've 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 copied it and reproduced it and put it everywhere. And and I think that 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 moment, like uh, Andia, when you were saying when you got the EP from the band, yeah, you know, and and that moment that you received that and you listened to it, you know, there's something personal in that exchange. And even though it's recorded, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to get back to with the vinyl is really create, creating a, a personal experience with the listener, even though I can't be there, even though, you know, um, whatever. And I, I would mention, I know I'm going off here, but I would mention this, you know, I was, do you, you know, nowadays with streaming and YouTube, you might share something via a link or, you know, on, on a phone, which is great. Oh, There's a lot of, really fantastic music out there right now but there's this thing about vinyl i remember having these experiences where you'd find somebody or a tape cassette where you'd you'd listen to a song and it was totally novel and totally new and you'd go to your friend and you'd say you gotta hear this and you play it together and you'd be yeah. there in the space yeah. together, yeah, yeah. listening you know, not separately, not on your own time, and then talking about it later, like experiencing this emotional, connective, deep thing together, you know, and, and that's something that I want to create in the world kind of again, or at least I want to encourage a bit more of that. That's very noble. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This this kind of work is an interconnectedness. 120 years ago, people, if they were lucky, they heard one piece of music once in their lifetime and yeah. the rest was the village fiddler and that's it. And they were clapping and trying their best. So, and, and usually what we call as like classical music, that was only for a very few individuals, any Bach or whatever, you know, and we all know that we can't reproduce that music because there were key changes. And, and many times I read articles about it and i think they might be right about that since the industrial standard is now with the a key you know is is, is different than it was like 80 years ago or in france or that, that's the reason why music is more alienating the people instead of bringing together flash or or hendrix they 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 use different key you know settings uh, on their own on strings so just going back one step you are, you are doing your own Moti by Nature 25 years ago. Tupac era was coming out, yeah, like that time. And yeah. we had the big no. Uh, some 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 RMB was very big that time, I guess. And maybe Will Smith Miami was also that time. So but so where were you attracted to? Yeah, I well, so at that time I would have been completely immersed and obsessed with east coast hip-hop um so mainly new york city hip-hop so groups like tribe called quest de la soul um jungle brothers you know um things like that and so i was like i said i didn't really i i honestly didn't know much other about music other than hip-hop and but i did feel compelled to create and so in, in one of the beautiful things about rap music is that you don't actually need anything. You don't need an instrument, you use your voice. And so I didn't have any money. I didn't have any music lessons. I didn't have any instruments. So I started to rap, you know, and I started to write and express my ideas. And um, that 
you know, I really was always interested in the sound quality of music and, and hip hop, but I had no idea what they were doing, how they did it or anything. And, but I just wanted to participate. So I started rapping and then I learned a little bit about, Oh, you, you sample and you make beats. And if you have records, you use a sampler and you loop things. And uh, I started, I, I saved money and got a sampler and a four track high speed tape machine to, to record. And I started, you know, experimenting and, and the sampler was nothing fancy. It was, it was very simple. And well, so just remind everybody here that it was pre-internet or very early internet era. You can't even imagine no mobile phones, no connections like this. Uh, it was before DVDs. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like like eons ago, doesn't it? But like it's actually um, not so long ago, really. You know. <laughs> It's yeah. it's not it's it's it's, yeah. it's the time but that's the man yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's that was where I started you know and and I thought I think that very gratefully that that you know as much as I might sound critical of of recording music in the last few minutes I'm not because I think that hip hop and that that change in technology or you know that didn't require instruments or something it 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 was the portal that gave me access to this universe of music that i would have never had otherwise and yeah. i'm so grateful for that because it's it really changed my life i'm you know it's 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 it, how, it, how much was it your eight mile story <laughs> no no so not at all so i Honestly, growing up in New Mexico, I, I there wasn't a tremendous amount of, of hip hop culture. In a lot of ways, I started a group in the late 90s, early 2000s. And in a lot of ways, we paved the way for what has become a more vibrant hip hop community in New Mexico. But at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of that. So there wasn't bad. Well, there was, but it, it was different. But you know, these battles are proving yourself. So I was always a little bit weird. I wanted to express my emotions and what I was thinking and, and feeling. And, and so I didn't, I didn't have this battle rap rapper, you know, mentality now eventually. And my, my dream really at the time, I would, I love to have my music on vinyl because that was the thing, but I really thought that maybe if I got good enough, I'd get to see the world, you know, that, cause I did know that people got famous doing music and toured all over the world as about what I knew. And so I thought, well, you know, if I get good enough, maybe I'll, I'll get to, <laughs> and, and it took many, many years, but that eventually came true for me too, you know, where, where music did take me on the road and I did get to tour in the U S and in Europe and, and get to see things that I really don't believe otherwise I, I, I would have. Um, and, and so it was this incredible gateway that totally transformed my life and honestly, how I see the world too. I just want to imagine that you are you are going to the local you know bar where everybody's uh, waiting for the Friday night country and bluegrass and you start slam poetry. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit like that, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. The, the, so at first, nobody, the, the, no 
venue would really put on any 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 kind of hip hop stuff. And so we had to make our own shows and they were very, very underground, very DIY. Um, and then little by little, we we well, people were showing up to our shows. So the venues let us do the shows, you know, and, and of course they want people there and we were bringing people. So um, it was a little bit like showing up to the country show uh kind of surprising everybody but then people catching on that it was actually maybe something worth listening to well you mentioned that uh, diy india actually invented a new kind of diy for the recent era so and uh, she wrote a book about that really the, yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah the iyd manual the live stream gig fix and um, I kind of, um, I, you know, because I've been doing music and I've been doing like um, these, I've been doing, making videos, like weekly videos for YouTube for like a year or more. And then I switched to streaming. And um, I was wondering why, like, my musical friends weren't really doing like sort of more streaming because it's like, you know, it's like, especially if you do it regularly as well, if you just show up live, you could you can like turbo boost any platform really as long as you can go live on there of course but so um i was wondering like well you know guys like just before the pandemic hit as well i was going yeah i've got the kit set out i've got like uh, i'm gonna do live shows live streaming is it <laughs> and then like everybody was because of the um covid hit then um it suddenly became uh, everybody has to do the streaming and i was like wait so i'm like I was ahead of the game there, ahead of the curve, and I still do that. But I thought there was like this hole missing where people weren't, um, they kind of, um, there was a big hurdle, let's say, like to, 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 do, to do live streaming and not to just do just the half-ass it, you know, just to put, to put on something decent that people are actually going to be entertained by. Um in 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 a sort of um in a different manner than actual like sort of doing live shows if you can't do live shows out there in irl in real life then did we should keep music alive by doing these stream shows but like um so i fe I, I figured out well what i really need to do is write the ultimate resource write a book on how to do it all um so that other people can just get a hold of this information in whichever format they like. Again, it's like not vinyl or cassette, but it's like paperback, hardback, um, digital book, at the ebook and the audio book. So they can get it however they want. But I think it's important, mate, because it's like, um, I think the thing is, it's like artists and bands perhaps feel a little bit like, um, like it's a big step to uh, being playing, to, to playing live or, or actually putting a show together um, as well as the technical issues and, you know, a, a lot of lot of other things that like sort of stop a lot of bands and solo musicians that could easily do streaming and benefit greatly from it, but they don't. So I, I wrote the IYD manual for that to help people out because it's no, it's no real mystery, but there are some like trip ups and hurdles and traps that you've got to like sort of avoid. So. Sure. I absolutely love that. So I have a couple questions for you, if you don't yeah. mind. So I've I really come uh or started to become interested in live streaming, you know, not 
as a result of the pandemic, I know that that was kind of essential. <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah. like you were early to it, but I'm only kind of getting to the point where I'm gearing up what the live show is going to be. And I've been exploring mm -hmm. and this idea of live streaming is so fascinating to me in that you really can create connection and community at distance because yeah. it, it, it now it's different. Obviously, having people in the room feels quite a bit differently, but the the everything that i'm seeing is you know if you can you can create intimate and personal spaces and and performances and really engage on a level that you could never otherwise and so mm. i've become very interested so i'm only scratching the surface um but i i would love to know more and i want to know because i'm interested in the book one but what does iyd stand for um it's in in your dreams it's my mm -hmm. own like yeah it's my own like kind of uh, musical project name Oh, and I guess in your dreams, but like it's like it sounds like it should be DIY, but it's IYD, you know, there's that thing cool. going on there. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, because I I um I was thinking like, you know, like we it's like we need to play music and we need to like sort of play this stuff. We can't just have like um I think the most authentic way to do it is to like just put something together and just play your tracks. That's when Neo was saying we should be able to play these down by the riverbank. And that's why I should be able to buy my own songs. And, and, and as you can, you know, I mean, as you will, as you do like to people like in at live shows, but like streaming is a little bit different, but it's still, like I say, it's creating um, community and building and growing and like sort of just spreading the word of music. And it's not doing anything else than just, you know, being yourself and you're playing your songs, perhaps like, a couple of other elements in like a bit of a chat a few covers maybe i don't know whatever feels good that is a good part of that because many times i myself don't have the opportunity to watch your live shows i can rewatch it later and if you go to a concert now you don't see the candles or the torches what you see everybody's taping nobody's paying attention you know everybody has having a camera of, you know, 10,000 people are just recording the same stage with a very poor quality at home to rewatch instead of being present. But if you have a live stream, there is only one camera of like the settings are working on the spot. You can, you don't have to hold your phone. You can immerse yourself even you are not there uh, physically. And then also you can relive the experiment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. A lot of people do live streams and then they delete the live stream. But for me, I think, well, this is like, it was a good show. And it was that, that, that was all saying like before, like that these things, the people that turn up actually live while I'm streaming, they want, like, they're interested and they like, they're, they're passing in time and I've got this music and they're like, sort of like, all of a sudden getting this music that they didn't expect they would get. And then, but the trick is to like, actually to repost that show because it's going to like later on, you know, it's uh, it's for people in, in replay. They can get it in their own time. And there's always, like, there's a weekly show and you can, like, you know. You don't need a big team and you don't have to set up always the things and it's very budget-friendly. Yeah, that, that you can run with what you have, really. Yeah, I mean, you might need, like, um, a, like a little mixer. That's explained in the book. But you don't need, like, video switches and like lots of like audio equipment that you don't already have because as musicians we have that so you know he's got a mic maybe a laptop for your for your backing tracks and you know a couple of mics and you, you need you, you do need something for your phone which is a roll and go mixer uh but that just makes life really easy but you don't have to be just like singing singing um and playing guitar 
a couple of mics. You can you can go like thirty mics on a full drum kit and like a full band if you really want to do it, and you well, can be, it could be really good. You know what, Colin? If you if you if you watch the this live performance called "What About" the remix uh, on any YouTube, for example, that that really shows what it is about. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Most probably, people don't want to spend like thirty thousand bucks every month to have a team who are doing something what they themselves also could do. Yeah, I, I think for for most, it's not it's not even a question of whether they want to or not, right? It's whether they can. So um, yeah, I, I agree, and I want you know this makes me think of a point that I would just like to make in terms of the whole conversation that we're having. You know, we've talked about vinyl and formats and streaming and live streaming live down by the riverbank, all of it. Mm. And I think that the way that I see it, and I, and it, it may be a more general problem in the world that often happens, but I want to be clear for at least the, where I come from is that I see all of these as elements that are in addition to our experience. So it's not live streaming versus in-person. It's not vinyl versus streaming. It's not down by the river versus, you know, on a screen. Mm. That yeah. it's all in addition to this experience that we're having as human beings, as we relate to this wonderful discovery we've made in, in music. And so- That's very smart what you are saying. It's, it, it makes totally sense. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to clarify because sometimes for the listeners that maybe they hear, oh, I'm talking about vinyl, like it's the most important thing and maybe they don't have a record player or can't experience that. It's not the case. It's just that there are different different aspects of our experience and that's the spectrum. That's fugitive yeah. mood. Right? There's all sorts of different things that lie outside of what's normal or what's conventional, what's right there, or maybe it's all right there. But it's important to say that in music especially that one is not greater than the other. It's all just coming back to that center point, that locus, that heart that you have and the feeling that we have as humans and our experience in music. Let's go to space. So Colin, who would you like to create music for, rather, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? <laughs> music for, like perform for, or... or what have... Elon Musk goes to the Mars nine months there, nine months back, that's a kind of, you know, bad for the eyes and so on. So, yeah, and you have to perform there for the first colony. Jeff Bezos just jumps every day twice, you know, the space and back. So, where would you rather be? Uh, I, I'd go Elon Musk for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Bezos, I, I don't know. I <laughs> feel like there's more interesting conversations on that journey to Mars. And after the show for Elon Musk, that's what I'll say. Most superheroes are coming from New York or around, or Hancock is coming from LA. But so, who, who are the most popular superheroes over there? In in New Mexico, they're the same as anywhere. I would say, let's think, superheroes in New Mexico. I'm trying to think of the old folklore here. You know, I, I would say New Mexico's greatest superhero is a character called Ultima. Um, which okay. is, she's a, a curandera or a healer um, from the desert from a novel called Bless Me Ultima um, from a New Mexican author, Rudolfo Anaya. And wow. in my world, Ultima is the greatest New Mexican superhero. Okay, so, wow. so we would need her if the Chupacabra is coming. <laughs> yeah, or, 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 um, or the Catholic Church. 
You know, if, if Chupacabra or the Catholic Church is after you, Ultima will help you out. Now, what about the everyday superheroes? First responders are the superheroes, or, but, but, but for you, who are, who are the real actual superheroes or heroes? That is the easiest question for me because I have had the great fortune of being born to uh, an incredible mother who not only raised me on her own, um, but taught me how to dream in a way that I could have, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody quite the same. Just a little backstory. Um, my mom, as a single mother, without a single course in college, decided to become a medical doctor when I was in the sixth grade and started going to school and became a doctor and, wow. uh, and graduated medical school at 58. And um, I watched her through that whole process and it was not easy, we'll, we'll say that. She uh, left the country when I was 17 because medical schools here wouldn't, they, they, she was literally told she was too old um, at one point. Uh, and so she went to the Caribbean to uh, to study medicine. She ended up living in New York City, Miami, in Barnsley in, in England um, to, to pursue this dream and ultimately made that happen. And recently she retired and um, we she has decided and just, well, in about a couple weeks, she'll be moving at, at the tender age of 71. She'll be moving to Costa Rica to study um, indigenous science and peace at the uh, University of Peace, um, which is set up by the United Nations there in Costa Rica. So when it comes to dreaming and seeing those dreams come true and superpowers, I believe my mom, Barbara Troy, uh, has, has, is an incredible hero. She is a, a true superhero. And one of these days I keep telling her, I'm going to write her book because she won't do it, but uh, I'll, I'll write that story. Well, I mean, you can put her into your music. It could be, it could be a next album, the, the sounding book. Well, you know, I've, it's funny that you say that. I've never actually written uh, a song about her, but I would say that she is the bedrock to all of that stuff. So, you know, I don't think yeah. I, I, I need to write write a particular song. Uh, That'd just be her. called your, your superhero song. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> So good to hear this because I say yeah. uh, this is what life is about. This is what, in my personal understanding, this is what the United States should be about. Even if it is hard, you can make it. And it's not a political slogan here. It is your real life and seeing you as a not broken person in a little bit more than your 20s. Th this is a fundamental difference in between the people who who are really trying to put all their setbacks 
you know, different reasons. So uh, Andy and I frequently every day talk about things that are not really working in the world and we surprise each other sometimes with things that are working. I think these kind of personal stories really mean more than any kind of article in the BBC or the Guardian or the New York Times. Yeah, I I, I agree. And I, I that's it's very nice of you to say. I mean, I think that, um, you know, when, well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll touch on a, a, a little bit of my own story as well. You think about yeah. overcoming and fugitive moods to me represents a, um, a real transformation for myself. So just with, with, with sparing you the details, I will say, you know, I've talked about my history in music and, uh, and in in late 2015 early 2016 really everything changed for me my music career stopped my personal life completely fell apart and in many ways um i i was completely um well everything that i knew or or thought about myself changed and I, 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 I won't go into the details to protect those involved, but mm. I would say that it was the, the one of the most significant, one of the not most difficult, the most difficult period in my life. And I had never worked on music independently of other people. I had always worked in projects with collaborators. Yeah. And because this change was so significant, it was so life altering. No, nobody could go on that journey with me. And so I, I started to not for any other reason than I felt like I had to start working on this independent music, this solo music. And my whole career was over. I st everything was gone. My life had changed. And little by little, day by day, song by song, I started putting it back together. And, and in many ways now, you know, now that the vinyl is here and, and we're speaking just today, I can look back on all of that, all of the obstacles, all of the pain and trauma and difficulty that I had to face and endure. If I would do it all over again, if it led me right here to have this conversation with you today, because I'm now so grateful for that, that none of this could have been possible without that experience. And, and when you say, you know, what, we want to share with the world and I'm not special in any way, but I can be honest about my experience and what I've gone through to, to get here. And we all can be is that that is the conversation that I want to have. That is the conversation that I want to encourage, not just through my music, but as a human being in any interaction with anybody is that Ooh. it is possible, not just to grow or to change that actually all of those challenges are necessary to become the 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 best version of yourself and, the, mm -hmm. and and it is those things that actually unlock your potential and your grace and your strength and your certainty and your individuality in a way and so coming from that difficult place is is you know and and knowing that it's possible is something that's really important for me to share um and that yeah. i'm not special for it or artists don't get special access to it because they have a way to express that we all have that and we all can transform um 
And yeah, that's that's a big part of this story, I think, for mm. me. Well, it's very interesting what you say. Uh, two things will come to mind. One is the smaller one. Every day, there are dozens and dozens, sometimes way more than dozens, of, uh, you know, emails are coming, okay, listen to this artist, listen to that one. And, and you know, and uh, how interesting that uh, we are talking, you know, that, that that's a kind of spiritual stuff about this. And the other one is very interesting. This is the first time we three talk together. And you had a self-healing album. You used the negative energy in your life. You transformed it into positive creation. Yeah? You, you didn't deny the energy. You just understood that that's in life and you can transform it. And I remember that Andrea was saying something very similar what happened to her. And I know that about myself when I wrote the breakup therapy album, it was also kind of similar thing and how painful it was to move on. And I never thought I, the next step, but next step. And sometimes, you know, uh, it's not a self-doubt, but you feel that the end of the rope is here in many, many ways. And and then magic happens. I mean, what were the odds that Andy and I, we would meet, you know? It was always the right timing. So as in music, maybe I'm just making this up. Maybe it is true. Everything is about the right timing in the right place. This is this is how we can describe music. It's it's like a four-dimensional something what we just can feel beyond the morphogenetical matrix. It's very interesting. Just I want to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with Colin that it's like some somehow like um, the do it doing the writing thing is like uh, <laughs> it it it, um, it gives you strength because you have to have strength to face those that to have that hard conversation with your life right about like um what's what's going on and that the end result if you can get through it and write something about it yeah that because it because it runs you know because it's like it runs on deep levels and you don't like step away from it and you don't think well i'm not going to deal with that today or tomorrow it could just be but you actually like step up and face it and say right okay well you know it's going to take I'm going to need a helmet to get this job done, but um, <laughs> you know, like when you when you when you when you've got it, you got it finished, and you look back or you listen to it back, and you think the struggles I had with that, um, and the place I was at with that at the time that made me write that song it is like um, just the struggle and the, the process is worth it because you think, wow. Like, look what I made. I would never have made that if I hadn't have, like, just even even tried, you know? Like, if you, you've got to face these things up and, like, do the best you can to put it into music, as we do. Yeah, and I think we're really lucky as people who have been drawn to creative processes. You know, I think there's the way that the world sets itself up sometimes, some other people are discouraged from that. Or maybe, you know, we've been foolish enough to pursue it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think that yeah, what, I would say, yeah. what I would say for the listeners who may not, you know, feel as confident or, you know, maybe they don't know that they can write a song or maybe they're they're not sure. Or maybe it's not, you know, whatever medium or method they're going in. I would say, though, that that 
that process of of because I think the creative process is about kind of observing what you're going through and then expressing it. That's still accessible to everybody. That's mm. still possible. And you don't have to make something perfect. We were talking about this, Neo. You don't have to make something perfect or even something to show anybody or to, you know, it's it's the process of observing, expressing. And and what I would say, I, I love your helmet metaphor. It's like, I got to put on yeah. a helmet to deal with this, but it's not getting over it or getting through it, it's more about learning how to carry it. And I think the beautiful thing for mm-hmm. me is in music that the, the songs become these little vessels that take off a little bit of the of the burden, you know, they, they but it's not that it goes away and it's not that it changes, you know, or that, you know, that, that it's easier really. It's just that you learn how to carry it. And, and little by little through your life, you know, I really, I mean, that's, that is something that, I know as a goal for me in music and just as a human being is I want to create more. Um, I want to make it easier for people in the world, not harder, you know, and I know it's, it's a hard thing to do, but um, you know, that's, that's something that underlies. uh, I know we're talking about things much bigger than music, but it even, it even what I'm trying to do in music and, and in life. Yeah, I mean, having having a noble cause is practically everything. I mean, you know, it's like um, no matter how many times you fail, if your intentions are true to what you're what you're trying to achieve and true to yourself, you, you know, nobody can fault you. It's a noble thing to do, and um, you know, we we that's you know what is interesting. Music is self healing saving yourself uh, literally and uh, grow yourself to a greater and more wholesome existence and if you do that the next project is how to have at least one person to have the same help in his or her life to to get healed to get over something and uh, be more awesome, you know. Back in the era when MTV still existed and played music, you know, there were there, there were some songs that really literally saved my life in in, in the world, you know, like like literally. And uh, I saw that okay, if I do this, I want to do the same. I want to also at least just have one person, you know. And after one late night concert, somebody came to me, talked to drunk, said, "Okay, you saved me," and they said, "Okay, that's not." mission accomplished, so let's move on. What I'm saying is that we are now in three different time zones, basically fragmented in the different tectonic plates of this planet. Yeah. But we are coming from different background, different existence, yet we are talking basically the same language in our intentions, in our directions. We are talking with Andrea that what we are doing now here with this show is we are trying to build bridges to have people to get to know each other more and with this to raise hearts because no one else will do. The modern day prophets, or if you like this expression, the artists, the musicians, everyone else fails. So in a way, in a certain level, I do believe when you create an album, you bring it out in a video, and uh, you have a story to tell, not putting yourself in the center, but to show people 
that they can have a choice, then that's what we are doing. This is this is how we're transforming the words to music and art. What do you think? I, you know, I was thinking about this <clears throat> very same thing just in the last couple of days. And I just to add to what you're saying, because I agree with all of it. I think that a lot of times people think you, you mentioned that the capacity to change, you know, and I think that and this is kind of new for me, so I'm still working it out. But I, I, I came to the conclusion that we actually can't help but change the world in whatever little way we can. We, we can't help it. We're going to be here. We, you know, whether it's the, the cars that we drive or the people that we meet, the people that we hurt, love, whatever, we're going to change the world. And I think the real question is, how do we want to change it? You know, and, and what are we going to do that can add something beneficial and, and make the world change in a way that, that is more reflective of us and our value? Because we can't help but change it. But if you're not conscious of it, if you're not in touch with it, if you're not thinking about it, you're going to change it for the worse. And, you, you know, that's, going, that's bound to happen. So we each have a responsibility to, to, to think about the way that we are going to and want to change the world. Now I want to make a song right now. Let's improve a song about this. Let's <laughs> let's have our hallelujah today. Let's have a homework and uh, put some thoughts together. I mean, this is virtually. I I am pretty much energized after this. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm that, and I feel like that's and and I think you were talking about what you're trying to do with the show, right? That that's really where you're yeah. putting your energy, the change and the influence, right? Yeah. Connecting people, creating more, um, more, more good things. So I'm sign me up. I'm in. Just what we are doing now that we are paying attention literally to each other. Really, this is a rebellion, as it says, against the existence of the ruling systems. Because that's don't pay attention, be neglect the things, abuse the things. And what we are doing, we are giving time. We are exchanging our life for these uh, these minutes, for this hour, that and whoever is watching it right now, that person just, you know, it just we are giving the most precious. The only thing what we can give to each other is our life. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the origin that you have a designated time to listen to something, to pay attention to. Okay, let's have something beyond talking heads. Nobody wants to talk about, watch talking heads, and we are not. We are we are trying to create something, and uh, with my spiritual eyes, I can see the energy that's flowing, you know, around. <laughs> that's it. I mean, we yeah, I mean, because um, it's one thing to have this show as well, because it's like we get artists on, and we want to hear what their background, you know, like your story, Colin, um, and we get like sort of very interesting um, like stories and backgrounds and the reasons why people write music, and it's all fascinating. And it's like um, <laughs> it, it's it's so many and varied that you can't like just say, well, you know, we we we're here today. We're just gonna like so we've got this show just to review rap songs and that's it because that would just be too one dimensional. It's like it's about like. Um, you know, like trying to support um, other creative people um, because it's it can be really like tough out there. You know, you can you can have fantastic music, you can write a great, amazing book, 
But, you know, if there's nobody to see the tree for it fall in the forest, did it fall? You know, it's a bit like that. So I think we kind of like, we take an interest in other people's adventures. Yeah. But the most important here is that you are, and this is my praise for you, that you are honest. Coin. And that you, I tell you what I mean, okay? I, I do have a lot of interviews with other people. I talk to other people in different formats. And m many of them are just, you know, having a kind of uh, facade, you know, masks beyond what would be just necessarily, you know, uh, because they have this image in their mind how they should do this. But when I went to YouTube and uh, said, okay, this is me. I'm not the best in this instrument, but still I'm playing it. And I said, okay, now this is, this is the reality. This is what personally I can connect to because the whole world is full of falsities. And here is an artist who is genuinely admitting that, okay, well, I just made it up by myself. You know, nobody was here around. I think that's more precious than any Tony Award in the Broadway. Well, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. It's, you know, it's, I'm still learning how to uh, take a compliment, I think, but honesty is cer certainly something I strive for. And uh, I, it means a lot to me that you would say that. And, and I think, I hope, you know, that that comes across in the music too, because if it's dishonest, well, that, that's not, that, that, what, what, what world are we creating then? <clears throat> yeah. 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 Or just a little bit like superficial or just, you know, like it's like got, got some kind of like facade there. Like it's like, oh, it must be this genre. So therefore it must sound like this, like everybody else. You know, yeah. it's like, no, there's, there's far more. Music is a huge canvas and there's room enough for all of us to express ourselves uniquely as we want to. You know, so yeah. there's no there's no real reason to like just oh I'm only gonna do metal and that's it. I'm gonna do a metal song now. So, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. okay, Colin, uh, we have to go now. But I would like to ask you what kind of encouragement or message you have for your fans, sympathizers, followers, viewers, Purple Rabbit, you love Purple Rabbit. Yes, well, we do. <laughs> purple rabbits. I, I think for all the purple rabbits out there and listeners, the only thing that I really want anybody to know is that it is okay and it can be okay that no matter what you are going through now um, or what you might go through in the future or what you've gone through in the past um, is all an opportunity to learn something. And we're all very lucky to be alive. And even in this moment, I'm lucky that you can hear my voice and that you're lucky to be listening to this and that no matter what, it will be okay. And just to be grateful for every day that we have, do our best and thank you for listening. How far would we fall If we would apply so hard We could see the other side Three, two, one.
You have been listening to the Newborn and the Newborn Show. And you have already learned what you need to do when you have some problem with the bureaucracy and your local council. So when the super speed highway is coming towards you and uh, mm. you're next to the poo in the Vogon spaceship, just wants to take, you know, all your land over because that's very important, you know, to get somewhere faster for no reason, then you can beat them up with modern contemporary British poetry. Let's have a contemporary British poetry showdown. Absolutely. Nothing is better than walking behind the court of the British Jester King. We all love John Stewart in Negligee. Green hams are perfect to eat only in the books. Historically speaking, doctors used to taste the poo of a child to see if that was healthy. Not every poem requires a rhyme or any sense, but you can be paid if you dress up well. I wish I had a cover, but the three-letter agencies are stronger than my pyjama. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, actually, the last one was quite good. Yeah, that, made sense. good. that made that made the only sense. That maybe the green hand, but yeah, I, I I try to avoid name dropping. You know. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. All righty. So this is our show, 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 and oh. <laughs> you know what? Sound of life. It's very sweet. Sometimes bitter, but you know, it's like it's an, air, it's, a, it's an aeroplane. Sometimes, absolutely, it, it's an aeroplane. <laughs> 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 you know, aeroplanes can be aeroplanes. They can, yeah. Um, it can be. It can be. Um, it can be tough. It can be rough, but it can be smooth, and it can be mm, groovy. But okay, you see, see, you can do more than contemporary <laughs> British whatever we are doing here, you know. Yeah, half and buff and clumsy and partly. Oh, I don't know what you're saying, but something like that. Yeah, okay. A, so, yes, before we go full fake Andy Warhol here and third rate David Bowie imitators, we say to you, let's meet your ears next time. And let's end on a high note. Have your half bricks ready, steady. <laughs> okay, so meet your ears next time. See you next time. Bye.